TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to 923 The Fan, man. You are listening to Earl of Pearl. Hey, real quick, so Jake told me a caller called in, and I'm pretty sure he's still listening, to uh, fact-check me about what I just said. He said, well, you know, Manny Ramirez never played for the Guardians. He played for the Indians. No stuff. Newsflash to you. They changed their name from the Indians to the Guardians. That's their name. That's how I will refer them. He also said that uh, the Guardians did not play in the 1997 World Series. Not sure what rock you were hiding under, <laughs> but we played the Florida Marlins and, and lost in the game seven. I think people who are frustrated with the name change and always want to throw that little caveat out there that, you know, certain players play for that team. No disrespect, but it's kind of like, duh. You think we do not know that. But joining me next on 92.3, the fan on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. She's a senior NFL analyst, a content director for NBC Sports. She's a diehard Cleveland Guardians fan. She's a Clevelander herself. She is Samantha Button. Samantha, good morning. Hi, Earl. Good morning. How are you? It's been a while. It really has. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I cannot complain at all. You got any uh, major plans for today? Yeah, a little barbecuing. You know, I, I thought about going up to Boston for Celtics heat, but I just, you know, I couldn't come in. I, I didn't care enough about the teams involved, put it that way. <laughs> who, who you got winning the series? Who you got winning the epic game seven? Boston. All the momentum's going their way. I don't think they're going to stop. Yeah, I actually think Boston is going to make some history too. The way that Miami lost that last game, to me, it was not the fact that they lost, but how they lost, it was like, man, they're, they're probably right. deflated right now. That's how I look. Yeah, that. you know, I mean, yeah, the day off, I mean, maybe it helps, but I don't know. I mean, you have to be thinking about the fact that look, nobody has ever come back from this kind of a deficit before, and then you lose on a buzzer beater in that fashion. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the heater cooked. <laughs> All right, so we got a, a lot to cover. I know you cover everything, so I'm going to try to get as much out in the time that we got. First things first, we've been talking about the Cleveland Browns wide receiver room. I think outside of Amari Cooper, this is just a, a room full of guys that have potential. I think Amari is the only sure thing, and for that reason, I think the Cleveland Browns should sign DeAndre Hopkins. Do you think I'm off base? No. I. It's interesting to me how quickly 
this kind of went from, oh, of course you should go get DeAndre Hopkins, which I think is the correct way to think about DeAndre. Yes, he's available. You should go get him. Um, but it, it kind of quickly turned into this, like, well, the cap space, and, well, there's too many people. And, and no, I, I think that what we have learned over the last couple of years with sort of the way the landscape has shifted for contracts in the NFL is that if there's a guy out there who can help you, you can find a way <laughs> to get him and bring him in. And, and I would agree with you. I think, um, you know, Cooper's the only sure thing. I would like to see a second guy in there. I know it would change Cooper's production, certainly, but that would be for the better for the team. And I don't necessarily buy the argument that you would have to get rid of Cooper to sign Hopkins. Um, practically speaking, from a cap space perspective, that's not true. So I would love to see them go do this. I and there's, you know, I know there's all kinds of rumors out there that oh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had this list of five quarterbacks he prefers to work with, and Deshaun Watson's not on it. Like how ridiculous! They worked together before. I'm sure it would be fine. So yeah, I, I would love to see the Browns get out there and do this. I'm glad you alluded to that because a lot of people have been bringing up that list. And I think they're leaving the context out of it because I watched a little bit of the podcast and they kind of framed the question of like, what quarterbacks would you like to work with? Kind of like in a sense of who you hadn't worked with before. Right. Am I and like, that's how I took it anyway. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. It was an, it, it's extremely misleading. I think that this is being presented as well. He made a list as though somebody said, who do you want to work with? And he like wrote down five names and one of them was not Deshaun Watson. Like, no, he was asked like, it, the question was posed is like, well, who are your dream quarterbacks to work with? Like almost as though you were including people who were like retired or dead or whatever. It, he wasn't asked like, would, well, write down five people you'd be willing to work with, which is a really, really different question. I don't think this was a knock on Watson at all. It's just convenient to put it that way. And from a, we'll call it a quick baby perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Saturday I was in for G bus on the barbershop. I talked to Hayden Grove and Hayden said he doesn't believe that Kevin Stefanski is the right head coach for the Cleveland Browns moving forward. And then I looked at Ross, Ross Tucker's list on the 33rd team of his uh, head coach power rankings. And he had Kevin Stefanski 23rd. So it seems like there's a few people out here that's not very high or confident on Kevin Stefanski being the leader of this team. What's your opinion on Kevin Stefanski? Do you think he's the right coach for the job? Uh, I think we're going to give him another year. I'll put it that way. Um, I'm not – 23rd seems harsh, but I – Dan <laughs> Campbell was in front of him. Basis. Arthur Smith was in front of him too, by the way. Arthur Smith. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, that, that feels like a bridge too far to me, but, um, you know, it's a results-based business. And if this isn't the guy who is getting results with this group of players, which is extraordinarily talented and theoretically a good coach should be able to put this team at the very least comfortably into the playoffs, even in a competitive division, even in a very competitive conference. So I'm willing to give him another year. You know, last year was, kind of one I think you have to write off. And, yes, they underperformed, even against sort of what the expectations were with the situation being what it was. But when you lose your quarterback for most of the season, I think you kind of give the coach a pass a little bit if you're not sure about him otherwise. So, But this is the year, right? I mean, if they don't get it done this year, outside of a situation involving, like, multiple catastrophic injuries, I think that has to land on the shoulders of the coach and it might be time to move on. But until then, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I feel that. She's Samantha Button joining me on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.
Samantha, with the the, the kickoff rule, right? And this is just in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things for the NFL. The new kickoff rule, do you think it will alter how the game is played significantly, or is it just a little thing that they kind of like, you know, tinkering with? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a major game changer. Um, you know, there are, when you look at it, there are sort of ways and you start to think through, the first thing you do is say, like, where are the loopholes in this? Where can somebody exploit this? You know, what is Bill Belichick going to do, essentially, is the, I suppose at the root of the question, to use this to completely change the outcome of a football game in favor of the Patriots, um, because he is so good at figuring this stuff out. But I ultimately... I think this is a tweak rather than a, a game changer. And we've seen stuff like this before. And, and sometimes everybody thinks it's going to be really significant in terms of completely changing the strategy and the way that the game is played. And then kind of nothing happens. And then other times we kind of allow it to be swept under the rug. And then we realize, oh, my goodness, there are all these people who have figured out how to best exploit this that's really going to change things. But in this situation, no, I don't think this is going to make much difference in terms of what we see on the field. Now, with the games that's going to be played this year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no, like, locked-in network affiliations that these games have the opportunity to be, to be played on Fox, NBC, CBS, ESPN. How are they going to figure out week-to-week which games are where? Okay, so let me see if I can explain this without sharing anything that's proprietary and getting myself fired. Cool, cool. Um, but uh, there's there's certainly some, like, we'll call it deliberate obfuscation in the process um, of how they do this. Um, it used to be, of course, we were in a situation prior where everybody would cut bid on games ahead of time, and this game, you know, quote-unquote, belonged to this network. And what it did was prevent other networks from flexing for games that were outside of that somebody else already owned. And that is no longer true. So it's not going to change a lot in terms of like, you know, who gets this game on a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock versus who gets this other game on a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. That's all going to be set up ahead of time. Where we're going to see the difference is if somebody wants to flex a game into a primetime spot and another network was planning on airing it, they can. The league is now essentially reserving the right to move those rights to another network. So the licensing that would have been granted to a team that was going to run that during the afternoon on Sunday is now going to have that moved and then given to somebody who's going to flex that game into prime time. And then another game would, of course, be shifted into that national TV spot for the original network that had the first game that got flexed. So that's essentially how it works. Um, It's going to be interesting uh, to see how this was received. It's a little bit rough, I think, on uh, certainly people playing on traveling to a game, uh, especially if your game gets flexed to Thursday and you were supposed to play on Sunday. That, that's a, a bit of a bummer, uh, I think, for anybody who had plans to attend a game. But for a TV audience, I think this is probably going to be a good thing because it will allow you to see more of the games that matter more in that particular week rather than the games that people like me thought were going to matter in July. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense right there. And that, that's great information, I think, for the fans to have. I think that for the players players that play in the NFL, it sounds like it's going to be a crazy travel schedule but for the fans. It seems like that'll be very, very interesting. Uh, one last NFL question before I ask you about these Guardians. How close are we, are we to seeing game number 18 added to the schedule? 
Uh, closer than you might think. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I'm sort of on the fence about whether I want 18 games. I mean, in some ways, like both professionally and personally, like, of course you always want more football, but Oh my goodness. Like this is already a really, really long season and just really hard on these guys. But, uh, you know, ultimately the goal has been to play a longer season at the expense of the preseason, which is fine. You know, that part of it's not really an issue, but, uh, the way that the wind is blowing from what we hear out of the offices. Yeah. Um, we're, we're probably pretty close to the 18-game season, so buckle up. <laughs> yeah, more football means means more opportunities for people like you and me. So let's talk about our Cleveland yeah. Guardians, right? <laughs> right now, 23 and 29. So far, this this series that's going on, they're they're looking pretty good. But overall, they have failed to meet the expectations of their fans based on how they finished last year. We look at the numbers, and they're at the bottom of just about every single offensive category. And we we know that Terry Francona teams typically get off to a slow start. I still have faith in him as a manager. How can we turn this thing around if it can be turned around? Well, I think, to me, I'm probably far lower on, like, the panic scale than most people. Because, to me, what this looks like is what happens pretty much every year with this division. The Guardians start off horribly. Everybody kind of gives up on them in May. They come back. The Twins crash and burn in the second half, and the Guardians catch up to them and go on to either win or or compete for the division in the end. So I think that, look, this feels different this year than it did last year and it has over the last couple of years because the expectations were higher, because they did come in and have a really sort of commanding uh, win of the division a year ago, and then they made it two rounds into the postseason, and everybody kind of expected something different. But what we're seeing is actually really similar to what we thought of this team a year ago, and what we're seeing out of Minnesota would be their their, um, only real competition, in my opinion, in this division, is also very similar to what we saw of them a year ago. They're a first-half team. The Guardians are a second-half team. So I think it's pretty typical. Um, I I won't lie to you, I'm concerned about the just total lack of power that uh, this team has and, and the inability to move runners. Like, that certainly worries me. But I think I'm more worried about that in terms of, well, you're not going to get anywhere in the playoffs if you can only score two or three runs and you can't expect to win one-run games every time you run into one in the postseason. And they're learning that in the regular season now, too. But, yeah, I think a lot of this, especially in terms of whether or not they can – ultimately go on to win the division is really more about our inflated expectations based on what happened last year than any real concern that this is somehow going differently than it normally does for the AL Central. For me, one of the players that I was looking forward to cheering on a lot this year was Oscar Gonzalez. And of course, this season did not get off to the start that as a fan of his, I thought that it would. Uh, We all know he got sent down and I've heard that, you know, even and AAA now, he's still struggling to hit the baseball and or even hit for power. Um, talk about Oscar and, and guys like him and Will Brennan. You mentioned we don't have the power. I was always told, mind you, I tell everybody I'm a casual baseball fan, but I love the Guardians. And how Josh Bell and, and Zanino, you know, would mesh in and be complimentary pieces. The, can Oscar Gonzalez find his, his hitting stroke and can Josh Bell and Mike Zanino actually become those complementary pieces that people say that they were going to be when we signed them in free agency? Let's see. I'll start with Oscar Gonzalez, and my answer is I hope so, uh, because I'm with you. I really, really liked him uh, 
something I was super disappointed to see. And, you know, there was, I think there were some signs coming into the season that there might be a little bit of regression there. Um, the suggestion when you sort of look at things like Babbitt and other numbers that implied that he might have been a little bit lucky a year ago. Um, and also the sort of surprisingly good place discipline numbers that we saw from him last year felt a little bit fluky. So those have regressed a bit as well. And that has hurt. And as you mentioned now, I, you know, you wonder almost if this has kind of gotten into his head, the fact that he's had any trouble kind of even making contact with the baseball and not really hitting for much power at all in Columbus, which is such a bummer, but he's also very, very young. And I, I think we forget because these guys came up and they were so big in such big moments uh, last season that a lot of them are really, really young and guys who under normal circumstances on most rosters probably would not have even been called up yet. And, you know, he's already been through a season where he was part of a major league club and, and went to the postseason. So I, I do have some hope for Oscar going forward. Uh, I think they are a team that is pretty good at fixing this kind of stuff, but if it is a mechanical issue, you know, that's something that's going to take a little bit of time to work out. I doubt it's something as simple as like, Oh, he dropped his shoulder a little bit. It doesn't look like that to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful about Oscar. Or I'm kind of cautiously optimistic and, you know, it's a big problem, though, because right field is a black hole right now. And Will Brennan, you know, you mentioned as well, who I just I, – I really like Will Brennan, but I, I don't think he's the guy. Uh, I think if any of them are the guy, capital G guy, uh, it's going to be Oscar. And the rest of these guys are just kind of filling out the space there. And as far as Bell and Zanino go, the thing that bums me out a little bit about Bell is that, you know, he was the guy who was supposed to kind of come in and be reliable to hit the ball with power even before the weather warms up, when the ball will carry a little bit further. For some of these guys who hit the more sort of line drive style home runs, you know, you think about even a lot of Jose Ramirez's home runs, you know, we've certainly seen Will Brennan have a couple that fell just short of the wall right at the track, and those will carry more when the weather warms up. But Bell was supposed to be the guy smashing the no-doubters, uh, and we haven't seen a lot of that. So, again, you know, he's a, a pretty notorious slow starter as well, so hopefully he'll be able to get himself going. I, I actually do kind of have faith that Josh Bell is ultimately going to be a good signing and uh, a positive contributor to this baseball team. Zanino, on the other hand, I'm sorry, guys. I'm serious about this catcher situation. There are so many things they should have done differently here, so many other ways they could have handled this. This was just a bad call, and it's nothing against Mike Zanino. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but, like, he stinks, and Cam Gallagher stinks, and they stink defensively, and they stink offensively, and there were two other very easy things they could have done to fix the situation at Kessler, and unfortunately they just made the wrong call. Free Bo Naylor. Samantha, I wish we had another 20 minutes to talk, man. We can talk on and on and yes. on and on. We got to get you back home so we can get you an in-studio in, in interview. Uh, definitely appreciate you this morning. I hope you enjoy your holiday, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Earl. Always great to talk to you. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. That's Samantha Button on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Great stuff from her. We'll come back and we'll recap that uh, interview with her. Uh, get Jake in on this conversation to talk about his thoughts on the Cleveland Guardians and see if my thoughts as a casual fan, if I'm off base or not. You're listening to Earl of Pearl on 92.3 The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.